This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Hello, 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 everyone. Good morning. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Tia, as always, and I have with me the amazing Brittany. How are you doing this morning, Brittany? I feel great, especially when you do that. It makes me think of, like, you know, at circuses where they announce the person. And I'm like, yes, yes. Uh, 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 No, not encore. I was like, do the bow, you know. The bow. I always do think of myself a bit of a ringleader, so that is actually a very good metaphor. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. You know what? You're going to end up on my list for this. My, I'm going to end up on your list. Oh, God. Uh, The list that Brittany is talking about is we are doing this morning the top 10 most hated characters in movies and TV shows. Because, Brittany, you know, some weeks I pick the subjects, some weeks Brittany picks the subjects. And I was like, Brittany, I don't really know what to do for this week. I don't really feel like using my brain juice to even figure it out. What should we do? And Brittany's like, we've been kind of salty the past few days, so why don't we just vent and talk about hated characters? And I was like, you know what, Brittany, you right. You so right. <laughs> you see, I'm, uh, that's my secret. I'm always right. <laughs> oh, all right. Brittany's <laughs> one of those people that's very competitive, and she has to be right, and... uh poke it in your face but that's why we love her and that's what makes her a fantastic twitcher <laughs> twitcher <laughs> is that a triggered done. word for you <laughs> I'm, done. I'm done oh man but yeah i'm excited to do this podcast this morning skype was giving us a little bit of issues this morning and i was like they better not f with my freaking podcast i will have to speak to the manager Oh my god. Sorry, I just thought about what we just talked about right before right before doing this. <laughs> oh man, but um it's a beautiful day out, so I don't want to keep anyone too long on our podcast. What am I kidding? Like ever since we I don't know if you've noticed, Brittany, but ever since we've started using Skype instead of blog talk, we've been going over the two hour mark. Oh I know, girl. I know. I had this one person, so our last week, we did, um, like, current suggested shows, right? And someone um, commented underneath the tweet going, can you just tell me what they were? I don't have time to listen to a two-hour podcast. And I'm like, that's why you listen to it in, that's why you listen to it in intervals. <laughs> There's no excuse. Listen to our podcast. <laughs> so aggressive. Like I said, you're going to end up on my list, Tia. That's the mood that we're in today. But before we dive into this list, of course, um, I want to give a huge shout out to the main Damie because they are just an amazing family of podcasts. And they asked that we promote their 
uh, podcast stranger, Jamie. So I'm just going to, as always, read off the little blurb here because they explain it a lot better than I would be able to explain it. So Stranger Damies is the ongoing real play D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. Make sure you join them every Wednesday as the wild stallions traverse the many traps and tribulations that Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition has to throw in their path. There's elves, weird half dragon people, conspiracies to uncover, and of course more references to the 1980s than Ready Player One. Subscribe to the podcast on all podcast services by searching Stranger Damies and make sure you follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. Stranger Damies is also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, you call, and you can find us at geekvibesnation.com. Um, I have to say that if they were writing this, it would be perfect for SEO purposes, considering they, you know, have Stranger Damies so many times in the blurb. I'm like, that is just an excellent way to promote yourself, but... I don't think I don't think that Main Damie put any podcasts out this week in, you know, solidarity of George Floyd and everything that's going on in the world right now. Um and I believe that is the same for us and the same for another podcast of our scene and nerd. So but next week should kind of transition back into our regularly scheduled program. So you can find all of that at uh geekvibesnation.com and of course our Twitter, Facebook and all that good stuff. So Brittany, without further ado, because let's just get right into this freaking list this week. Let's uh, let's hear your number ten for our top ten most hated characters in movies and TV shows. I think I I sit there. This is gonna be this one's gonna make you laugh. I'm gonna go with Bella Swan. Who? Bella Swan from Oh God from Twilight. Yes. <laughs> I knew that one would get you. My thing is that uh, me and Tia, we love, well, uh, Tia is still at the writing machine. I'm not quite the writing machine I used to be, but writing stories. And it's kind of like for me, even like I've tried to grow out of it, but you know, she, <sighs> the swan come, came from the book first from Twilight. And she's so like Mary Sue. She is like the hashtag not like other girl kind of girl who ends up just being like, it's like a person wrote the most Mary Sue character that they could do and made Bella because, oh, she lives in Florida, but somehow she grew like she like she's somehow super pale. And, you know, she just doesn't like the sunlight and, you know, she just doesn't like this. And then she moves. I can't remember the name of the place, where it's cold and rainy all the time, and it's never sunny, yet somehow she still misses the sun, even though she talks about not, I, I don't know, I don't know. And somehow, like, she's plain Jane, but, like, you know, I, I'm trying to think of a word to describe this, but, like, she's, like, super socially awkward, but still ends up, like, Everybody wants to sleep with her. Everybody wants to be her. But she's just, like, described as, like, being mousy. And somehow, like, uh, she smells so good to the main vampire of the entire series. But not only is she, like, 
you know, super into by the vampire, the werewolf Jacob. And they have this whole love triangle where she's just leading them on basically this entire time. I don't know. I guess it's like, I don't know if it's particularly her or just the writing and then seeing it in as the movie. And I know the actress got a lot of hate when she cheated on uh, What's-His-Face. Oh, what's his name? Robert Pattinson. Yes, yes. So that was, like, another involvement of people, like, hating the character, like, more of, like, the the real-life aspect of it. But I guess, too, is the entire time she she even gets, like, I guess, like, she's a bad role model, too. Like, because a lot of, like, girls were, like, looking up to her because they loved the book so much. But there's a point where she's, like, so heartbroken because... Edward leaves because he's, uh, you know, he has to stay away from her and they needed to move on and, you know, more of a keeper. So she tries to kill herself. She, like, like throws herself off a cliff, if I remember correctly. Like, it was very dramatic. Like, like okay, I get high school, but I don't think that's particularly something you should be showing to your young viewers that that's how she you know, reacted to her her boyfriend in high school, leaving her, throwing herself off a cliff and trying to drown herself. I don't know. It was just, it was very intense, very odd. The character herself, I found very uninteresting. I found myself more involved. She was more of a mouthpiece to the other more interesting characters in in the movie. So I never read twilight i've never seen the books the i never seen the movies the but i uh, like you cannot have not known about twilight i mean i was probably in a freshman in college when the movies were really big right and it was a phenomenon Brittany. um you had girls walking around with shirts team edward team jacob you know you had all of this stuff right where it was all twilight all the time and so you couldn't not know about it right um i did i did what not read wow what the tongue tied today um, just like you, you sexed me going, I'm tongue tied. And I'm like, yeah, me too, apparently. Um, but freaking, I think I read the first five pages of the book and I always say this when I reference Twilight. So I apologize for sounding like a broken record, but as soon as she was like, I'm half albino, I shut the book. Cause I'm like, that's ridiculous. You're just a pale bitch who doesn't like the sun. Like I, join I'm the freaking out if she like actually meant it because there's no such thing as half albino you're either full and albinos don't have brown hair right like albino you would be like truly albino right um you're just really pale like just say i'm really pale um like i went through a freaking not an emo i went through a goth phase when i was a teenager and i didn't like going to the beach because i was like i don't want to tan right just say that. Um, I, I, I did look up. She moved from Arizona to Washington. Arizona, my bad. Now, I've never been to Arizona. I've never been to Washington. Um, but I do know that Arizona is really freaking hot. So you must have just stayed in all the time, Bella. But I have read Fifty Shades of Grey, and considering it was a fan fiction of Twilight, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on Bella. Um, I would say, yes, that she is definitely hated because 
as you said, she was a terrible role model for young girls who are the demog- make up the majority of the demographic who are reading Twilight. Um, I remember, again, when Twilight first came out that there were all these memes online where it was like, don't be Bella, be Buffy. Right. And I never watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I know like people are going to be like, oh, my God. But, you know, it's just like the sense of like role models for young women. You have on one hand a girl who pines over a guy who's never going to return her affection and the fact that she, you know, he's so controlling and she kind of sinks so much into herself. And then, as you said, even tries to kill herself as opposed to Buffy, who has a man who, you know, appreciates her for being the badass kick-ass woman that she is. And she can fight her own battles instead of waiting for Prince Charming to sweep her off her feet. You know, it's like, hello, we're in the 21st century. Can we stop with these really outdated um, characters? Sorry, go ahead. It's always I guess it's, like, especially, like, I know it's been focusing more on the book, but, like, it's famous that, like, it started to change a lot as, you know, growing up and stuff, and I haven't read a long time. I used to always read a book, and every descriptor of the main girl, like, it's fine, it's fine for the main character to be attractive. It's fine for them to like basic shit. It's fine for them to just be a normal person. But they always have to be described as, like, mousy, you know, unassuming, you know, oh, plain. And I'm like, dude, your plain is making you seem basic. You, you know you what? seem real basic. You know what it reminds me of? Did you ever, please tell me you did, did you ever watch Not Another Teen Movie? Yes. Okay. So remember how the main character was like, she's so unfortunate looking, blah, blah, blah. And in reality, she was like really pretty. She wore glasses and just like kept her hair in a ponytail. And they're like, we need to transform her. And literally the extent of her transformation was taking the glasses off and taking her hair down. And that's how I always feel when it comes to like Bella or characters like it's like they're really unfortunate. It's like, no, they're not. They just wear like, you know, basic clothes and hunch a little and it's like oh look at her she's so unfortunate you know that's how i feel because that's how they describe anastasia or anastasia i don't know how you pronounce her for from 50 shades of gray that's how they describe oh she's so mousy but yet they get dakota johnson who is a very pretty girl to play the character it's like no no. <laughs> you know, like it reminds you know what was a really good transformation? Mm. The Princess Diary. Her yes. diary's diary. Like, you know, With, where, uh Anne Hathaway. Yes. Me and mom used to watch that movie a million times. I mean she had the friends with her, I think she had the voices, she had the glasses, she had the future. You know, and I saying like because she was still attractive. You know, that's another thing. It's like she was still attracted to them and all of that. But the transformation was much more dramatic more than this. I'll take off your glasses. Put your hair down. My mom, um, her, one of her best friends, Jean, who unfortunately passed away, um, I want to say about eight years ago or so. But they were very good friends and me and her daughter grew up together. So we spent a lot of time uh, as children together 
um, Jean loved Anne Hathaway. She said that she felt that she was like the prime example of what a respectable young woman should be. <laughs> oh my gosh, she was like, she loved her. She loved Anne Hathaway. I loved that move, that movie though. Um, but yeah, so I agree, Bella Swan, like. Her. Oh god, I hated that time. Or John, because everybody wanted to in that movie. I mean, in the movie, in the book. Wait, what? You said fuck her, and I said just like everybody else wanted to do in the movie and the books. Oh, that's another thing that they carried over into Fifty Shades of Grey. It's like you have this character, and it's like you have to assume that literally everyone who comes in contact with her wants to be romantically involved with her. And it's like, that's just not good writing. It makes it seem so fake. And again, I know that I'm, like, focusing on Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's like I actually read that book. So I have a little bit more knowledge of it than I do Bella. But again, considering Anastasia was pretty much just a carbon copy of Bella. Like, pretty much, you know how the fan fiction started. Yeah. It was a Bella and Edward fan fiction. And because people said that it was good, she changed the names from Bella and Edward to Anastasia and Christian. So it's it's the same character. You, you like how you had to have, like, a dramatic last name when they make the like character they can't ever be like last name Jones or John right, they, or, they, they, can't, they, can't, they can't they can't be Smith or like the name like Anastasia could never just be like Claire <laughs> like it's it's like she has to have the Anastasia and it's you know or Christian Grey you know gosh. Very posh. Very posh. They can never just... Or Bella. You get it? Bella. Beautiful. They had to put yeah, it uh, right there uh, in it, it for it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think this is a great way to start off the list because I can't think of someone right now that I hate more than... Uh, you know what, though? Who's the real enemy here? <laughs> Stephanie Meyer for creating that character and creating <laughs> the phenomenon. She's... She is responsible for both Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. Even though she didn't write Fifty Shades of Grey, there would be no Fifty Shades of Grey if it weren't for Stephanie Meyer. So she's the true villain here. <laughs> you like that, right? Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on. Um, my number nine is going to be a hot take here. I don't know if you're ready for it, but it's going to be a hot take because like, people really disliked him, and I dislike him as well even though he also is the main and it's going to be iron fist danny rand um because it's like so i'm not saying that people dislike him from the comics i know that iron fist is actually a pretty popular character but as far as live action and a lot of this has to do with the actor a lot of this has to do with the writing did not like Danny Rand. He was a, you know, his whole thing is being this rich kid who got, you know, stranded after the plane chartering him and his parents crashed into, like, the Himalayas, and then he gets raised pretty much by uh, Buddhist monks. You know, not really, but you know what I'm saying, right? Um, He gets raised by them, and then he comes back to New York. And he's super annoying. He just has this, like, I just feel like, he had this very um, 
even when you first meet him, right, he has this very, God, what is the word that I'm thinking of? Oh, my God. Not ignorant, but, like, he, like he doesn't have a clue of what the real world is like. And it's like, I know that you were trained by monks essentially for all these years, but they've done flashbacks on them and it didn't look like the best experience. Right. Everyone was like really angry and stuff. So like him with his like really clueless demeanor seemed really unrealistic. Now looking back on it, um, I just feel like he needs to like, he pretty much is walking through New York city barefoot, freaking going into oh like, God. Like, going into the building, you know, being like, oh, this is uh, my parents' building, you know, oh, I'm here, blah, 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 and it's like, no one knows who you are, You like, it's so clueless, but not only that, like, just the way that he acted it, just really terrible acting, um, whiny, I, it was his show, but, like, me, I couldn't care less about him, um, and the fact that, like, he didn't make the best decisions. Like literally in the first episode or the second episode, he steals Ward's car and hasn't driven since apparently he was 13 or something. And like almost kills the both of them because he like crashes the car or something. I don't know. He was just so annoying. I hated how in the defenders, it focused so much on him. Even like when he was trying to talk to Luke Cage and trying to tell Luke Cage how his experiences aren't very different than Luke Cage's experiences. And I was like, how tone deaf are you pretty much? And tone deaf, pretty tone deaf, you know, and just his whole demeanor just really was, unflattering um season two he definitely improved but as far as like but even still like who cares about him um season one danny rand was terrible the defenders danny rand was terrible and i think in general if you go online and you look people just really disliked freaking danny rand and for that i had to put him on the list even though you know technically he was the quote-unquote hero he was not a likable hero at all. And I remember when Iron Fist got canceled, it was the first one to get canceled. And at that point, we didn't know that Netflix was just like, fuck Marvel, you know, and everything was getting canceled. So to me at the time, it seemed plausible. I'm like, yeah, you know, season two was good. um, And it left open a door that needed to be, you know, built upon but it didn't surprise me because i'm like that first season was so bad that even a second season couldn't save it so yeah number nine is going to be iron fist i like how everybody knew that he was unlikable enough that they had to rework his entire character basically like his personality wise Mm -hmm. but i do think it's definitely like okay i get like how many years has he been away from his home I mean, I think it's been about 13 years or something. My thing is, it's like, dude, if you if this happened to you when you were, like, 13, right? Because mm-hmm. that's, like, I'm telling you, I can remember most parts of my life. No matter how many years go by, I think I would remember that it's unacceptable to be walking around without shoes on and, like, the hygiene of it. Like, that doesn't just disappear because, you know, you were trained by, like, what, monks 
in the mountains and shit. Like, I get, like, you're maybe not used to it, but that does seem a little far-fetched, which, quick, uh, quick interjection on that. I, at work, watch somebody take their shoes off to go into the Walmart bathroom to use the bathroom and then promptly put them back on to walk around the store. And I found that incredibly alarming. What? So I can only imagine what uh, what they must have thought, like people walking by must have thought seeing him without his shoes on. That, that's my quick disgusting uh, story well, on that. Really quick, I went to SUNY Purchase for to get my bachelor's, right? And it's a very um, artsy type of school. And I loved SUNY Purchase, you know? Great campus, fantastic teachers, like nothing really bad to say about the college. But I remember seeing, like, people walk around campus barefoot. And I'm like, just because this is more of, like, say, an artsy, um, you know, type of environment and everything, doesn't mean you should be walking around barefoot. People smoke and flick their cigarettes on the ground because this is before SUNY Purchase had a no-smoking rule on premise. So people are literally walking around smoking, ashing their cigarettes, uh, flicking their cigarettes. I would literally see people spitting at the floor. So... So it's like you're walking around barefoot on campus when you could be walking on people's spit and freaking cigarettes. So, yeah, to me, I'm just like, barefoot is for home and the beach. That's what gets me is I like how he's an unlikable character and he does all this shit. But what's really getting me the right now is the <laughs> walk of the barefoot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just think it's disgusting. I think I think like I get doing it at home. I doing I get even like say where I live where you know you get your front porch and your back porch even though I don't want to get like a like a burr in my foot you know like a pokey plant but besides that I'm like I would never go around like say like the streets of New York and go you know what I'm gonna walk barefoot I've seen things to you I've seen things and he's just so clueless the whole time and. It's like, I get that you're a kid, but he was in the socialite crowd as a child, right? So you had to have known some sort of the mannerisms that are expected of people there. So for him to be, and just the whole, like, he came into Ward and Joy's life thinking that everything was going to be hunky-dory as soon as he told them that he was Danny, right? And in reality, I know, and, like, I'm a ward apologist, so I do understand, but people uh, sometimes were, you know, saying, oh, why was Ward so apprehensive to believe that it was really Danny? And I do agree that he went too far as to literally putting a hit out on Danny, but if you're the... A little too much... But if you're the owner of a multi-billion dollar company and someone comes forward who has the legal rights to that money claiming that they're that person, you would also be skeptical. You haven't seen him since he was 13, so he obviously looks different. You can't really trust that, right? So it's like, why would you – I think that his – methods of precaution were warranted but Danny of course had to make it oh you know this is my company I'm entitled to it and I'm like god you giving money to this dude is just the fucking worst (laughs) you're like like, you can't remember to wear shoes but you remember that you're rich as shit and that you deserve it 
Yeah, right? And then, I don't know, I just, I just liked him. He, he was very childish. He acted out against anyone who, you know, I don't know. I just really disliked him. I hate, like, that first season, I only watched because of Ward. And the second season was okay, but as you said, it's like they had to completely rework the character. Like, completely rework the character. And I'm not trying to diss the actor Finn Jones, but it clearly was him. Like, it clearly was him and also the director in season one but he had to have been so bad because really quick interjection that has nothing to do with anything but there's this um show on right now called prodigy where the lead actor is the guy who played jesus in the walking dead um I forget his name, Tom Payne or something, but that role was originally supposed to go to Finn Jones. He had been cast because we at Geek Vibes literally did the article, Finn Jones cast as lead of Prodigy. And then a week later it was Prodigy replaces Finn Jones with Tom Payne after one un- after one unsuccessful table read. So Finn Jones was so terrible in that one table read that they were like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> What'd you say? They were like, nah, nah, we're good. We're good. We don't need you. We don't need you. So, yeah. Danny Rand is my number nine. Brittany, what's your number eight? I'm going to go with... I'm. Let me look at my list here. I'm going to go with, do you remember Andrea Harris? Where from? From Walking Dead. I just wanted to see if that name would like. Oh, Andrea? Oh, I couldn't stand her. I pronounce her name. I I ignored her existence. (laughs) Yes, please, go on, go on. Okay, so the thing is, is that she was in season one, two, and I'm trying to remember all the Three. seasons she was in. She lasted way longer than she should have. Yeah. So basically, you know, she wasn't so bad when she first popped up. She's surviving with her sister, right? And she loves her sister. She seems fine. Like, she seems like just like a normal girl surviving. Well, then her sister dies. And you're like, well, that's really freaking sad. And I get it. She does get suicidal. A lot of people in the show, you know, decide to opt out, which, you know, is their way of saying other things. But how hateful and selfish she gets from that point where she decides that she has another I'm not like other girls type moment where she's not afraid to, you know, get her hands dirty or use a gun and you know she's very dramatic i guess i it thinks what gets me but let's go to the point of when her sister dies she gets very depressed well they end up when they go to the cdc which as if you've you know watched it the cdc ends up uh exploding and they have a timer And some people decided to stay there and just let it explode. They're like, you know, this is a quick way out. You know, I know when I'm going to go out. It's not going to be that bad. Well, Andrea, or Andrea, I always want to call her Andrea, Andrea, 
decides to stay behind. And what's his name? The older man. I can't remember his name. Dale, I think. I think I think it was Dale. You know, who's been the sweetest man. You know, he's let them use his RV. You know, he did, like, let these people come with him and have a safe place to all travel together, right? Well, he convinces her. Like, he, what's he do? He ends up, like, does he drag her or just take her or just convince? Oh, he says that he'll, he'll stay with her because mm-hmm. he doesn't want her to be alone. But obviously, you know, she doesn't want him to die with her, so she ends up going with them. But how she treats him afterwards, she treats him like such shit. She's like, oh, I wanted to, you know, kill myself, but you, you, you wouldn't let me, and shame on you, you know, you guilted me into not letting me do this, you know, this is your fault, and I'm like, bitch, I don't know, maybe be a little more appreciative, because you end up pretty happy to be alive afterwards, but she does have, like, an argument with uh, Lori, because she's like, she, I guess it's almost like she starts to develop, like, an inf- inferiority complex where it's like she wants to be the head bitch. And it's like, dude, nobody's just looking to be head bitch. You just, I don't know, want to be in a position of power. Which leads into when she ends up hooking up with the governor, who we know is one of the worst villains of all time. Like, best villain, but worst villain, right? Mm-hmm. And ends up being his side piece. But the thing is, like, she so craves power that even she's like, oh, I can, she thinks she has some hold on the governor, some say, some kind of power. And it's like, no, dude, he's literally just screwing you. I know that sounds bad, but, like, literally, he's using you. You literally have no power with him. But you're so desperate to be the head bitch of some society that you're willing to, like, I don't know. I know it sounds bad, but it's like sleep your way to the top because you think that's going to give you something when you can't see. He's just using you. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it was like she was the worst aspects of, like, a female character wrapped into one. And so, you know, as being another woman, you're kind of like, I don't like you. Like, Lori, I didn't like Lori. But at least she could be likable and you could understand things. But... Andrea was just a bitch. Yeah, Andrea definitely, like, I wasn't the biggest fan of Lori, but Andrea was certainly one of those characters where she was so one-dimensional, and it was like, oh, here's the female character who has to prove how different she is from other women and how she's one of the boys, you know? I'm not yeah, like those other think. women. She, she's one, she wants to be one of the boys, which is fine, but she takes it. She takes it way too far. It's like it reminds me of there's this Family Guy cutaway scene where it was like these men at a strip club and the and like the one female coworker was there and she was like, "Look, guys, I'm just like you. I also want you know a lap dance. I think which you know, of course, there's nothing wrong with a woman wanting another woman lap dance. I ain't, I ain't saying against that. I'm just saying that whole like." having to prove yourself so much to be, like, so against all other women. It was so annoying as a woman watching that, you know? And as you said, I hated the way she acted to Dale afterwards. It's like he was trying to save your life. 
You know, he was trying to save your life, and you don't show one ounce of gratitude at all, you know, and you blame him for being someone who actually cared about you just because you lost your sister. It's like, I get it. That sucked. That was a very traumatic experience. Everybody's lost someone in that shit. Everyone. Everyone lost someone. I disliked tremendously how she acted to Lori once. You know, there's that one scene where Lori's given a gun and she's like, oh, where's my gun? You know, oh, that's just because you're, you know, sleeping. You know, you got your husband and your boyfriend because she literally says that at some point to Lori. And I'm like, wow, bitch, simmer down, you know, Um, and and even to the point where she thought, like, she was on a level playing field of Shane, and I'm just like, get off, right? Um, but in the end, she was just a scared little girl, too, you know? Like, why try to put, like, you're at the end times. You women should be uplifting women. Like, honestly, the one moment where she wasn't an annoying piece of shit was when she was telling, um, oh, God, Carol's husband, like, go fuck off, you know? Uh, that was, like, the only moment. I think, like, what gets me, and this is where I'm going to backtrack to you on something, is I have no problem with a character using their sexuality to get ahead. Like, oh, I yeah, think I don't give a shit about like that. that. <laughs> but, no, but what gets me is that she only... It, she used it the wrong way. Like, she thought, I gave you sex, now I have power. And it's like, dude, these men are playing you. It did not give you anything. It oh, did not did put that... you... I'm sorry, didn't they even prove that? Because there was that one point where the governor meets with Rick, and she thinks that she has the right uh, at you know to take a seat at the table. And the governor pretty much tells her, like, go away, stand outside, and it's like... Exactly, exactly, like, she thought, like, oh, I slept with these men, now I... It's like, girl, you ain't even playing the game. You're not, you're not, you're not using your sexuality like, like a strong woman. You're just like, well, I slept with you, now I get to sit at the table, and it's like, dude, these men don't respect you. No, I just, I, I really disliked her. She got more and more annoying as time went on, which I know was one of those things that really bugged people because she, like, all these characters are based on the comics. And apparently Andrea is, like, one of the best characters, right? Lasted pretty much all the way up until, like, not the end per se, but really, really far. And people really loved Andrea. Like, in the comics, Andrea gets with Rick, right? And she's, like... Yeah his main girl and she's really like she almost takes on the personality that they give to Michonne um but they didn't do that at all in the show and I don't know if that was where the writing took it yeah I was gonna say it could be a combination of the writing but also could be a combination of maybe they just saw that the actress didn't have those acting capabilities and I'm not trying to diss the actress I literally know nothing about her um I don't even know her name I've never seen her in anything else but I really disliked the direction that she took the character and I just I guess like I will say the only scene I do like with her is when she sleeps with Shane when she grabs oh, his Oh, yeah. yeah. That's because we're Shane. Like, what is 
he was he say he's like you gonna do something with that or like he's like get over here or something that's just because you and i are shameless shane fans (laughs) i know we we are i can't even deny it there's so many times on stream when there's like a uh character i really like and i go oh shit he's a daddy and they're like girl you have problems like (laughs) like they're like there's like there's like a look that comes over your face when you like a character they already know, they know your secret, Brittany. I know. It's not much of a secret. It's like me go, wearing it on my forehead and going, this is my secret. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is true. But, yeah, um, I really disliked Andrea, like, a lot. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot. I was so happy when she died. I wasn't even sad. So fucked up. <laughs> so fucked up. I know, but she's just annoying. Everything that she did, she was a drama queen. She had to, she pretty much, I think, looked to cause divide among people, right? I just didn't like it at all. Um, They could have had a really good potential to have a good character there because, you know, she was strong and she did know how to use a gun, right? Um, You know, she was much more like, all right, Lori, right, was a housewife. Um, What was I going to say? So, you know, she was a housewife. Her primary, you know, lot in life was taking care of the house and taking care of a kid, right? So not really, and certainly that played into being, like, the nurturing side, right? Um, But not really the greatest of skills of fighting against walkers, right? (laughs) So then you have someone like Andrea who knows how to, like, tie knots, who knows how to fish, who knows how to hunt, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, that plays into it, you know? So you do want someone like that who... Go ahead. I was saying she just she had more survival skills, right? So that could have definitely helped because, you know, again, you had Lori, you had Carol, you know, women who weren't necessarily prepared for something like this. So you could have had Andrea, like, helping them and teaching them, right? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like instead there was, like, this huge divide, like, where they all had to be against each other. And I could probably go on a bigger rant about how sexist that is and how it's always the trope to just want to, you know, say that women are catty against each other. But I'll save that for another day. Huh? I'm just laughing. No, you know what I'm saying? It's like you could have had where it's like they all stand. It's like, yeah, they all stood briefly in solidarity against uh, Carol's very abusive husband, but after that, it was just more so like Andrea, like scoffing at Lori or Lori. You know what I'm saying? It's like you could have had a much like, you know, I don't know. Uh, to me, the happy medium there was like say Maggie, right? She was nurturing, but she also lived on the farm, so she had a little bit more of say like survival skills in a sense. So like she she was like. Maggie was what Andrea should have been to the other women in the group. And I'll say one last thing before we move on. You know what was the worst thing that Andrea did? Oh, no. Tell me. Remember Maggie's sister? um, What was her name? Emily or something? Oh, yes. 
And she wanted to kill herself, and so Maggie and Lori were, like, pretty much taking, like, double shifts to make sure that she did it. And Andrea's like, well, I'll help her. And she literally, like, gave her, you know, the opening to go do it. And when, you know, Lori said, like, oh, she... No, I think she smashed the mirror, but she, like, left the door open. She didn't lock the door, so the sister easily had access to that room, you know, to smash the mirror. And when Andrea was told, like, she cut her wrist, but not deep enough, you know, and then she stopped and said sorry. And and Andrea looked, like, happy. She was like, she made her choice. She wants to live. And I'm like, how? Like, that's so, like, disgusting. It's disgusting. Don't push yourself on her, right? And I was, like, pissed. Matthew was pissed. He was like, you ain't allowed in this house. And I was like, I would be the same way if I were you. I would have punched her. You you were a lot nicer than I w- would have been. <laughs> it's like, you imagine having a sibling and them doing that. I would be like, I will literally destroy you. Right? It's just, it was, I I just remember that. I was like, that's the most disgusting thing that Andrea has ever done. And after that, I was like, I really can't ever respect you. I think they just made her way too unlikable. I think they couldn't recover from it. Like, Negan, Negan because he killed, uh, you know... Glenn and Abraham. Yeah. But they made him likable in the aspect of having him he he didn't pretend to be something he wasn't and he had his reasons for doing what he did right and he Mm -hmm. constantly explains that but you can't really recover from you know you can't recover from that kind of shit no not at all so um i 100 percent agree i very much disliked Andrea. So that is a perfect number eight. I am going to get number seven and I'm going to have a character who I believe did redeem himself somewhat. But at first we hated him, hated him. (laughs) And it is going to be porn stash from orange is the new black. I knew it. I put him on my list just in case, just in case. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I hope you have others. Um, no, put them just in case. I have plenty more. Okay. Um, you know, I, like, all right, admittedly, I think I fell off of Orange is the New Black after season four. After they killed Pusey, I just couldn't bring myself to watch it. I was like, no, I, I draw the line here. That was out of nowhere they should have never done that they should have never done that she was one of the best characters and i was just like yeah i can't so um but i loved orange the new black right i remember when the first season came out and i and everyone was raving about it and i checked it out and i was enamored i remember every season that came out because cindy was a fan of it we would literally like when the new season dropped, we'd either go to her house or go to my house and watch, like, the first couple of episodes together, right? Like, loved that show. And the first season, the big bad was Porn Stash. I mean... Oh, I love him too. <laughs> yeah, I love him, too, in that, like, now you love him because he was so, like, bad that you loved him, and then they kind of, like, fixed his, uh, his storyline up. What did you say? They softened him. They softened him. But in the first season, especially the first few episodes, right, he was a monster. Not only was he a dick to 
everyone. He literally, I don't know if you remember, he freaking, like, threatened Red to uh, import his... He was literally peddling drugs. He was peddling drugs into food. He peed in her food, right? I was getting to that. He peed in her freaking food. And um, that one girl with the tattoo down her neck, um, he left her in a closet with the drugs and she overdosed and then he literally staged it like she hung herself to get that sort of, you know, uh, pressure off of him. And he her. What'd you say? He abstained her. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I never thought I'd hear you say something like that. <laughs> Hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself. Um, I don't know how I can recover from that, Brittany. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. But so, yeah, after Pornstash Epsteined her. Oh, I hate that that's synonymous because there's a really good Jewish deli called Epstein's. And I'm like, God damn it. Uh, but you had to ruin the name, Epstein. I know there's somebody else famous with the last name Epstein. And I instantly was like, I don't like them. And I was like, wait a second, that's a, that's a different Epstein. That's a different Epstein. But, um, which, by the way, there's a new documentary about Epstein on Netflix, so everyone should check that out, because it's pretty disturbing. But, yeah, so Pornstash did that, and then I think he was making that same girl, like, give him head for drugs. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure, right? Um, just an overall well, dick, just... He also like he, broke uh, Piper while uh, strip-searching her one day. Yep, he groped her. Um, he threatened, uh, oh, God, Lorna, you know, the real Italian girl who, like, was delusional about that guy, Christopher, um, like, literally threatened her one day. He was, like, a menace. He was such a menace that... Remember, he, and I'll talk about this briefly, but I'm just fast-forwarding into how, like, much of a menace he was, that, remember, he got kicked out of the jail for a hot second, and then in season two, was brought back for, like, a little bit, and he's the only person that, like, Red was truly afraid of, because, you know, she's a bad bitch herself, right? But as soon as she heard that, oh my god, with these police sirens, stop, um... As soon as she heard that, like, porn stash was back, the look on her face was, like, of horror because it's, like, oh, my God, right? So, yeah. What's funny is, like, how, like, like, it was, like, a dramatic event when he came back. Like, everybody was, like, oh, my God, he's back. Well, because when he came back, he literally, like, busted through the doors and he was, like, what are you doing? That's a shot. You turn. That's a shot. And then he was like, Mendez is back, bitches. Back, bitches. I remember that girl. And I then, thought that was so funny. And then doesn't he force that one girl to shower because, like, she's staging a protest. So she's, like, you know, not showering. And he's like, you fucking stink. Get the fuck in there. You know, like, he was just such, like, this, like, insane, like, presence in the jail. Um, so we'll... 
we'll obviously talk really quick about his softening, but what did you think? Like, what did you think at first when you watched Arms of Black? Did you also see this guy as like, oh my god, he's bad? I loved him as a villain. Because whenever, uh, it's funny because when I moved into the, like, moved out of my parents into the first home, right? When all that was going on. And I remember we had got the internet hooked up, we had the TV hooked up, finally was going to be able to watch, you know, television. And we, I remember we were hot and sweaty, and we hooked up Netflix, and I had never really had Netflix before, right? But we had a smart TV, and I was like, oh, we have Netflix, let's try it, right? I think it had like a free trial with it. And I remember we put on Orange is the New Black because it was on the Netflix original series, so we were just going to put it on background noise. And I remember getting so enamored. I remember my parents ended up staying way too late because we were like, one more episode of Orange is the New Black. One more episode of Orange is the New Black. And I remember we were like, oh, my God, porn stash is an asshole. This guy's a monster, like, being so worked up about it, but loving to hate him. And so, I don't know, it's like that little special place in my heart where I'm like he's a monster but he's our monster no exactly it was one of those things because then they certainly went different directions with this character and I'm going to point out um what they did right so obviously at some point in the story Daya gets with uh Bennett I think his name is um gets gets with Bennett and she gets Oh, he see, he ends up being the worst, right? But she hooks up with Ben, and she ends up getting pregnant by him. But the thing is, she can't say that she's pregnant. She wasn't pregnant when she entered prison. And no sex between a CO and an inmate is deemed consensual, even though it was, right? So it's like, she can't say that, you know, they're going to be like, well, whose baby is this? You know, how did you get pregnant? Obviously, it has to be one of the COs. She can't say it's Bennett. He'll get in a lot of trouble. So they figure... Let's pin it on porn stash, right? Um, so, what'd you have to say? I said, yeah, because it's a monster. Right. Um, which I kind of love that she had to, like, get him to fuck her twice because the first time he used a condom, it's like, he's a monster, but he's a careful monster. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, you know, after, so that's why he initially gets kicked out of the prison, um, and then he gets brought back for some reason. I forget how they spun that, right? But the thing was that he, like, fell in love with Daya. He was, like, telling her that he, like, really cared for her. He wanted to care for her baby. He even told Bennett that, like, you know, I love that woman. Tell her I said hi, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then even I remember when he came back, there was points where, like, Bennett was getting really frustrated. He kind of went on, like, a rage during, like, one moment where, like, porn stash had to freaking grab him and, like, be like, it's okay, everything's okay, like, stuff like that. Also, going back, do you remember when he, how much he hated Pensatucky? Because when she's trying to sit there and say that there was something wrong with Sophie, yeah, Sophia, because Sophia was transgender, and he was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> right, but he was so into it was Sophia. Like, he, he was, was so, so into her. <laughs> like, all about some Sophia. And I was like, I kind of love this. Like, you have him as such an asshole. And, of course, you know, he, did, he wasn't very uh, correct about why the reasons he liked her. You know, because, yeah, yeah, that whole thing. But, like, I would, 
I love that he liked her so much. No, I did too. I don't know. There was something about that. But yeah, and obviously Pornstash does get in trouble for like what he did with Daya. And he gets he goes to prison. You see that at some point. And he's such a mommy's boy. You find out he's like mommy. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know if you saw. So I saw the clips, even though I stopped watching after season four. In season five, um, Daya tell like Daya pretty much asks Pornstash's mom to adopt her baby because she's like, I'm still in prison. Bennett left, which is why Bennett's the worst. <laughs> um, so the baby daddy left. And uh, freaking, if she has a baby, the baby's going to go to Cesar, who's her mother's boyfriend, who's like, what, a meth-dealing fucking asshole. So yeah. it's like, or, or foster care. She doesn't want any of that. So she knows at least Pornstash's mom is a very well-to-do woman who would be able to provide. And Pornstash wants that baby so much because he's out of jail at this point that he begs his mother, begs her to, um, you know, go through with it. And the mother agrees. And when the series ended... They show a flash. It's literally a two-second scene of Pornstash playing with a child in the middle of kitchen playing pots and pans. So he literally went from, like, this despicable character to being, like, quote-unquote father of the year. But that's the thing is, like, there had to be somewhere in him that realized that the baby wasn't his. Like, the mom seemed to know, right? But I think the mom, the though, yeah. He wanted the baby so bad, and you have to wonder, you know, he, I think he definitely had issues because I think, you know, his father left him, and I think it's like, I think it was almost that, like, his redemption arc. Yeah, it was certainly his redemption arc, so I know, like, he didn't end off being, like, the most hated character, but he certainly started as, like, one of the most despicable hated characters. I did like... When season one came out, it was just season one, so you didn't know where the show was going to go with anything. You were like, yo, I hate Pornstash. He's a dick, you know? Um, I don't know why. Like, I started re-watching the first season of Orange New Black, and I was like, this is a good show. I was like, it's still good. I was like, I think... Maybe I'll, like, try to continue and watch past season four, but it got ridiculous. It got ridiculous. But anyway, so, yeah, Porn Snatch is my number seven. Brittany, what's your number six? Let me see. There's so many to you. There's so many on my list. I'm going to go with another bad, uh, a bad prison show. Like, good prison <laughs> I'm going to go with Teabag. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Is it, this is the second week in a row that we're talking about Prison Break. I love it. I love it. Teabag is the, a monster. So, oh, Teabag is from, uh, is from Prison Break, and he played another inmate. And he's apparently in there because he's like a serial rapist, but, like, murderer, but also, like, child rapist. I think, and, like, he, and the, and the part is, is, like, he's funny, and you, you, like, want to like him, but then you have to remember that, like, oh, yeah, child rapist, he's kind of the worst of the worst, and 
But he has, like, this, like, Alabama accent, like, very, like, that southern, like, very proper accent, and I try, and acts like a very educated man, which I think he talks that way, I think it's explained that, I think his father, like, gave him, like, what you find out, like, his father raped him, he was heavily abused as a child, you know, all of this, and that his father was a rapist, too, isn't he, like, the product of, like, a sister and a brother, but his uh, mother was mentally handicapped, and, like, the father took advantage of her, which was the brother. Yeah, it's all a messed up thing. But I remember, like, one, you hate him because he's so sneaky. He constantly is, like, he's smart enough to get what, uh, what's the main character's name again? I can't Michael. Remember. Michael. Like, he uh, constantly knows that Michael is up to something. And he's constantly, like, you can tell, like, he, he rapes other inmates. He constantly has a younger inmate with him that you know is very, like, abused. And I don't know. It's just so, he's so despicable that he's so, that you love to hate him. That's the thing is you love to hate him. He's such a great villain. But he ends up like what's one of them i'm trying to remember he um oh the inmate the inmate the, uh, not inmate the co that ends up getting stuck with them during the riot and teabag wants to murder slash rape him so badly and he's like going through his wallet and he sees the picture of his daughter and he's like oh i'm gonna pay her a visit when i get out you know all these things and he wants to kill him so badly but they're all like, no, you can't do that, can't do that. But T-Bag ends up getting him. Doesn't he, like, split his throat and shoves him over the edge? Like, he could have legitimately just let the guy go. But he so badly, just for the sake of being such a monster, wanted to murder him. Like, he's constantly so bad throughout the series. Yeah, he was definitely, like, a monster. He's one of those, like... The actor played it where I think you just kept wanting more of him because of how despicable of a character he was. But the things that he was doing was so horrid. And he I don't know if you remember, but he kept kind of like getting in the middle of Michael's plans and always seemed at some point where he could potentially like, um, you know, fuck him over. Right. But yeah, I mean, he was a child molester, a child killer, he was a racist, I mean, he was all these terrible things, and he was a fucking murderer in... I think, what, didn't he kill, like, 15 children? And that's the thing? Yeah, something like like that. It's like a high amount. It was a high amount, that's why I think he's serving life in prison. And does and he's also like a murderer, an attempted murderer. Like, doesn't he at some point go to try to murder uh, the other kind of like prison boss in there, who is actually the same guy who played Chernabog in American Gods? Wasn't it Mayweather? It was something like that. The Russian guy isn't he like Russian, or he like plays Russian in other like freaking things? He was a mobster, or if you played an Italian mobster. But he tries to kill him. He, like, tries to slit his throat at some point. Um, The whole thing was, like, crazy that... And I think, what was it in... Oh, and isn't it in the fourth season when um, Michael's 
girlfriend, I forget her name, Sarah is pregnant or something, or something, 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 but, like, he tries to, like, sexually molest her or something like that, like, something crazy. No, he's definitely a monster, but, like, he, the thing is, you wanted more of him because he was such a perfect fucking villain. Oh, yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying, I think that's why they kept, you, you ever have, like, okay, this is how I feel about, say, Blaine from iZombie, right? I have a feeling, and I'd love to talk to the freaking showrunners about it, but I have a feeling that Blaine was probably only meant to be, like, a season one villain. But because <laughs> the act, but because the actor did such a good job, they kept finding ways to make room for him in the upcoming seat, you know, in the seasons that followed. So I feel like that's the same thing with Teabag. I feel like Robert Kenneper did a great job, um... You know, and I'm not commenting on the real life stuff that happened with Robert. I'm not commenting on that at all. I'm just saying that as an actor, he, you know, played that part where it clearly, you know, got a good reaction from both audiences and the producers or something that they were like, we need to have him in this show more. No, definitely. Like, I think that they knew... It, it's so hard. He was like porn stash. That's what made me think about it. I was like, he was porn stash even though he wasn't redeemable. Like, I think he was definitely worse than porn stash. Because at least, you know, oh, yeah. bad things, but at least he wasn't like a child rapist. Porn stash definitely, like, did a lot of horrible shit, but he wasn't a murderer. I mean, he didn't... T- he didn't tell that girl to overdose on all those drugs. <laughs> Do not apologize for him. Do not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, that was wrong. <laughs> stop apologizing for Negan. <laughs> I will never stop. Oh, God. Does Negan show up on this list? No, you're good. <laughs> I've, I've never even hated him, not even from day one. Negan did nothing wrong. Oh, my God. Negan and Thanos, the two people who literally get away with murder in Britney's mind. I was going to say, but, like, look at him. I mean, Thanos was trying to do a get, like... Oh, like, my God reasons and so did Negan at least it was Negan's thing it's the post-apocalypse it's the post-apocalypse okay I love uh, you putting teabag down on this list I feel like it's been a while since we talked about prison break so exploring that both last week and this week I'm kind of like damn that was a really good show I might go back and try and rewatch it you definitely should. You definitely oh. should. I was like, hello? Did I lose you? What would you say? Next up on your list. I still can't hear you. What? I said, who's next up on your list? Who's next up on my list? Oh, you want my number five? Yeah, I want your number five. <laughs> Makes me think of the song Mambo number five. Um, so... Mine is, I I hated this character. There's nothing redeemable about her. I hated her so badly. Um, And it is Pablo Escobar's mother from Narcos. Oh, no. I hated her. Now, okay, I get that 
a mother, you know, I'm not a mom, so I can't say, but a mother's always going to love their children no matter what kind of fucked up shit they do. And Pablo Escobar obviously did a lot of messed up shit, but she never seemed to care. She knew exactly what Pablo was doing. They show that from, like, episode one. She's involved in his, you know, um, him hiding money away in the couch. She's sewing. First of all, I think, I'm sorry, in real life, if she was really doing that, she deserved to also go to jail because she was aiding in freaking Pablo's um, whole entire operation by hiding his money, by sewing the pockets in the suits for the lion to transport coke from Colombia to America. Fuck that bitch. I hated her, right? And it gets my blood boiling even now thinking about her because especially in season two first of all she's one of those people who are so religious but they do such despicable things you know and it's like you know first of all she was dumb as shit right there in season two there the whole escobar family is in hiding and she's like i have to go to church it's easter and what does that do that leads back los pepes to them where they get freaking attacked and poor tata's brother gets freaking killed all because this bitch needed to go to church okay and like like i respect that apparently you feel so strongly about this but you're also a entirely like you were a monster no it's stupid okay i don't respect it jesus can hear you at home all right all right um and this is coming from someone who's catholic okay jesus can hear you at home um you're in hiding like what do you think and she is so clueless she was like my pablo and it's like your pablo murders people and they showed like real life footage of the mother and she's like he's built schools he's built hospitals i'm like he only did that as a cover for the real evil shit he blew up a plane he blew up a plane of a of 170 something innocent people get off it and in season two when pablo has to go into hiding and the family is actually under protection from the government because los pepes is literally murdering like children like that was the thing it was like you know los pepes didn't care like they even showed they they killed the reporter who was sleeping with pablo they killed his um you know, the guy who was, like, doing the communication between Pablo and the president? They killed him, his son, and, like, his freaking mother. You know, so Los Pepes didn't care. So at this point, the Escobar family was really in danger. So Pablo goes in hiding, and the family has to go, you know, into government protection. And while Tata was always reasonably worried, the mother's like, your faith in Pablo, you know how low it is is so despicable you know you need to trust Paul. why are you oh, always you worrying a good wife. you have to be the good wife stop questioning she literally says stop questioning pablo you know um and tata's like what are we supposed to do the government can't because pro- there's at some point where the justice of peace or something tells them like we can't protect you anymore the money has run out and she was like and she was like what are we supposed to do and the mother's like i'm going back for my son like as if acting as if tata wasn't at all loyal when tata at any point could have taken her kids and left and she even said to pablo at some point wherever you go i will go she wasn't a disrespectful wife she wasn't a you know uh 
bad wife. She was obviously concerned because shit was getting crazy. And the mother was constantly, like, in her face about how bad she was and telling Tata, like, oh, you know, when Pablo was a kid, I stole shoes for him because even though we were poor, we didn't need to look poor. You know, I did whatever was necessary for my child, you know? And then again, what? when Pablo... appearances? Because of appearances. And then when Pablo was killed, they showed real-life footage of the mother, like, you know, whining and complaining. I hated her. Oh, God. Getting, like, talking about right now gets me so riled up because I was watching. I was like, I hate this bitch. I hate this bitch. I hate this you, bitch. You want to know, your son is the reason why other sons couldn't go home to their mothers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And again, it's like, I get it. Like, as a mom, you're always going to love your child. But the fact that she was so disrespectful to Tata, and so, and again, she aided in what Pablo did. And I, like, I hope there was some sort of financial or legal repercussions for this C U N T. Tell me how you really feel, Tia. I just really disliked her, okay? And where was she when Pablo died and Tata had nowhere to go? She had Tata had to go to the freaking Rodriguez brothers from the Kali cartel for help. So where were you at, Pablo Escobar's mother? You're all about family, but technically those are your grandkids. What were you doing to help them? You gonna go <laughs> steal some shoes? What a bitch. And then she didn't even care that Tata's brother got killed. But meanwhile, she, like, again, it was worth it just to go to church for, you know, Christmas. It was Christmas. It wasn't Easter. But, you know, you had to go to church for Christmas. But, you know, now Tata's brother is dead. And it's like, I hated her. I'm sorry. She cares about her family. Do you remember, because you watched uh, Narcos, at least the first two seasons, right? I watched, I think part of season one and I, I don't remember I do remember the mother acting very like naive about the money put in the couch like like oh act almost like oh we deserve it you know it's not a big deal you know of course this is normal to just put that in there you know what I mean yeah I mean she just like it wasn't even the thing right um I don't know I just really disliked her and again you know, I, I I guess that goes to show how well the actress played her because I really freaking hated her. Um, and it, she definitely wasn't those type of... She was, like, to me, one of those most hated characters. It wasn't like, oh, you love to hate them. Like, you know, like Pablo Escobar, right? Not the real Pablo Escobar, but, you know, how Wagner Mora portrayed Pablo Escobar. You're like, oh, I hate Pablo. Such a bad person. But I really like how uh, Wagner Mora plays Pablo, you know? But yeah. for this, I'm like, I really hate this bitch. <laughs> I know, I'm just a bitch for bitch sake at that point. Yeah, and I just felt bad for Tata having to, like, put up with this but um yeah so that's my number five uh Brittany what's your number four I think I'm gonna go with let me look here I'm gonna go with Calvin Candy from Django Unchained oh god at first I was like who are you talking about and I was like wait wait I know Candy and you were like wait a second I know what this is I hated him because one well first off he's a plantation owner he's 
you know, very highly disrespectful to black people. He was, you know, he was just the worst. He was the epitome of what that time period stood for and wanting to look so much more than he actually was, like the the monsieur candy. And it's like, dude, you're just a basic white dude that just wants to be, like, aristocratic. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I like whenever uh, uh, Schultz, Schultz, uh, King, King Schultz, is that how he said? You know, starts speaking French, and he's like, no, 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 don't do that. You know, you know, he he, he doesn't speak French. He'll, he'll get upset. And it's like, dude, you're putting on the show. And then, like, first off, he realized that he's actually naive and not at all that smart because who does, uh, oh, Samuel Jackson, who does he, what's the name of his character? I oh, don't gosh. Know. I don't remember. I, I don't remember. But, you know, look when he's, when he sits there, okay, he sits there and he's like, man, they're playing you, you know, you're not even seeing this, and, you know, he kind of puts it together, but he's so unlikable, especially with, uh, Oh, I'm trying to remember Jingo's uh, wife's name because Room it was Hilda. Probably, <laughs> Hilda. Yeah, there's a whole story. There's a whole story with uh, Siegfried and Room Hilda. But like, you know, when he holds her down and like rubs the blood on her face, and he acts like so crazy. He says like, "I want the twelve thousand dollars for her," which I I think it was twelve thousand because I remember it's like a shit ton of money. Like even for then, it was like you know like like I don't know like five hundred thousand. Yeah. You know, just incredibly you know exuberant amount, and he was such a sore winner, like a horrible winner because they could have just gone on but to the point, point that even he rubbed Schultz so wrong. Oh, and the poor dude, the runaway slave who ends up getting torn up by the dogs. Oh, God, yeah. I like no. how he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm upset that you ran away and, you know, I want my money out of you, blah, blah, blah. But then he has the dogs literally tear him apart alive while the guys are just laughing and having a good time over it. And, like, and the other thing is, is, like, the Mandingo thing, I think it was called, like, where, like, he just wanted to watch people kill each other. Yeah, and really quick, Samuel Jackson's character was Stephen Warren, it says. Um, yeah, oh, God, I hate him. He's yeah, so... I think they called him Steve or Steve, like, like, they called him something. He was so despicable, right? Um, as you said, he, essentially, he was a freaking like, hillbilly who tried to polish himself up to act like he was so fancy, right? You know, um as you said, where it was like, monsieur candy, but no, 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 he doesn't speak French, though. Because so don't don't speak French, you'll insult him. Um, and I hated the Mandingo thing. Right, that was so uncomfortable to watch, and the fact that yeah. he was so gleeful of watching these two people, uh, you know, pinned against each other, and the only way out of it is to kill the other person. And when the guy ran away, he says, you know, you won three fights. You should have won at least five and it's like so what he's gonna he's gonna lose the sixth fight that's not just losing a fight that's losing his life but you don't care about that you just care about 
getting your money's worth out of it. And what was really uncomfortable was, remember when he takes the skull out to set oh, to yeah, pro- yeah. to prove how uh, black people's brains are different than white people. And it's like, you sound so ignorant right now that it's so uncomfortable to even hear you talk that way. I know. It was like, it wasn't enough that, you know, he treated them so poorly, but he was saying, oh, you're born to be treated this way, which was incredibly fucked up. Yeah, 100%. He was such a despicable character. He was so hated. Um, But again, I, I... would say that that was all part of Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Like, playing that character to be so despicable. But I do love how Schultz hated him so much. Because what did Schultz say to Django at some point in the middle of the movie? He was like, I don't want to die in Chickasaw, you know? Uh, um, yeah, that's I, foreshadowing. Right? But then it's like, he couldn't let it go. He had to say to Candy how terrible of a person he thought he was and the fact that doesn't he say he's like oh that book that you love so much it was written by a black person like trying to show him like you're so racist but you are appropriating like you're enjoying you know things that are produced by black people but yet you think of yourself as superior to them and he had to say it to him and i love when he goes uh what does he say? He is like, people say, uh, uh, oh, God, a vita say, but it really means, like, I'll see you again. He's like, and since I don't wish to see you again, I will just say goodbye. Yeah, oh, Schultz is so good in that. I mean, everybody was amazing, <laughs> but I just, I love Christoph Waltz. Amazing actor. Well, because Christoph Waltz always has a way to make him so, uh, like, musical, in his, yeah, uh, I, I know he's very musically he, like without singing. Without, yes, his speech is very melodic, but he's very yeah, no. Musical. Oh, I love it, love it. Um, but yeah, oh God, Candy was so bad. Oh Jesus, he was so like, he's. I know we keep saying it, but he was just like the worst of worst. But okay, so tell me how, right? Like, Samuel Jackson's character, Stephen, was a slave. But I feel like even Stephen was, like, reprimanding Candy at some point, you know? Like, even though Candy was, quote-unquote, like, the house. his finger. Yeah, so, but to me, that showed, like, how, like, fake that Candy's, like, status really was. That it's, like, you're not even really technically the head of your own household. You're made to believe, and because you're so stupid, you believe this, but in reality, you're just, like, a pawn, pretty much. I think he was very much the epitome of, like, rich kid, you know, raised in this lifestyle, and wants so badly, almost like the playboy aspect, and wanting to be something so badly, but didn't have the smarts or the actual stuff for it you know what I mean he just wanted to play yeah I think that's what it was he enjoyed everything that was given to him because he was a spoiled rich privileged kid um and to him it's like yeah I'm gonna 
have these guys fight each other to the death. That's fun. I have the money for that. And it, I don't yeah. know. That's rewatching that movie after you had watched it, um, and I had wanted to kind of relive the magic. I was like, I forgot all about that Mandingo moment, and I was like, this is so uncomfortable. Like that he has this poor guy has to kill him, and then afterwards he's just standing there with blood on him, and everyone's acting like nothing really happened, and uh, Candy's just like, "Get yourself a drink, go ahead." Oh yeah, it, it's like, he, he, yeah, how he acts so normal about it, like, 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 how dare you be upset that I'm making you do this? Yeah, one hundred percent. So I agree. Calvin Candy is a very, very, very despicable character and certainly hated. Um, I'm going to hit number three, and mine is going to be, um, I guess, like, maybe not so much hated in a popular sense, like so many of these other characters are, but certainly a hated character in the show. Okay, so it is, um, let me just make sure I get his name right. I want to make sure that I do that correctly. Sorry. <laughs> I, I like that, too. I, I like Andrea. I, I forgot her name was Andrea. I'm like, why well, you got to say it like that, girl? Okay. I got it right. Okay. Um, so the character's name is Perry Wright, and he's played by Alexander Skarsgård on the HBO series Big Little Lies. And he was in uh, season one. And so Perry's character is married to uh, Nicole Kidman's character, Celeste, I think. Uh, what did you say? Yeah, Celeste. You- okay. Celeste. I'm taking a lot of time here. Sorry, guys. But so Perry's married to Celeste, and on the surface, it looks like they have this fantastic relationship, right? There, he is extremely wealthy. I don't even know what he does, honestly, but it apparently affords them this beautiful house, and they have two children. Um, he's traveling a lot for work. She doesn't work, which you find out later is because he forbids her to work. Um, but so from the sur- so from the surface, everyone like thinks that they have the perfect relationship. Even Celeste's friends are like, oh, you and Perry, you guys have been together for like 10 years and you're still acting as if you're sweethearts, you're all over each other, blah, 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 blah. But in reality, he's beating the fucking shit out of her. He is a, con- he is a controlling, manipulative, abusive asshole who has this like temper like nobody's else. And if you think about it, like, Alexander Skarsgård is, like, six foot five, right? Oh, and yeah, he's, he's huge. He's huge. And uh, and Nicole Kidman isn't small. I think she's, like, what, 5'10 or something? But she looks like she is five foot in front of him. He's so big, and he's so angry all the time. The smallest thing, like, sets him off. She could just be like, oh... I'm having lunch with my friend, you know, today. And he's like, why didn't you ask my permission? Why didn't we talk about this, you know? Or, you know, you discover that before they had kids, she was a lawyer, a very successful lawyer. And he told her that he didn't want her working now that they have children. But one of her friends gets into legal trouble, so Celeste just gives advice pretty much. She's not even working as a lawyer. She's just giving legal advice. He's so angry. 
He's so angry with it. Um, And then at some point, Celeste has this really big speech where she's like, I'm a mother, but it's not enough. I want my career. And she wants to go back to work. And he's he's just so angry, so angry all the time. And so the big thing is that they go to therapy, right? Because it's like he beats her. And then he has these moments of like that he's so apologetic, right? He's so, please don't leave me. I love you. I'm so sorry. You know, blah, blah, blah. And they start going to couples counseling. But I think quickly the um, therapist like discovers that something's not right here. And and eventually he stops going, but she does. And Celeste is all like, well, I just want to learn how to be a better wife. You know, it's both of us, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the therapist is like, listen, it's not you. Stop it. She's like, I no longer want this to be a therapy session. I want this to be us planning for you to leave. Oh, you yeah. know? And how many kids um, do they have? They have two. So oh, okay. really quick. So pretty much, um, and I guess spoilers for no one who, who, for anyone who has never seen Big Little Lies, but Celeste ends up getting an apartment, right? And so she's planning on, like, eventually moving into the apartment. Um, and Perry doesn't know this. But so then there's this one night where they're supposed to go to this big, like, to-do type of um, event. Because I think it takes place in Hampton. So, you know, a bunch of wealthy people doing, like, parties and stuff. And he's so angry. And it's like, I swear, I have never felt this chill in my stomach than when she gets ready you know for the party and she comes downstairs and he's like oh your real estate broker called and that was him like saying like he knows now and the look of her face i was like he's gonna kill her i was like she's gonna die you know um and that was like the reality you're like she's really going to die um so they get to the party right and there's at some point and again no one knows Like, no one knows the truth behind this, right? Everyone thinks that they're this perfect couple. And finally, there's this moment where he shows his true colors, like, yelling at her. And, and like, her friends see. And not even her friends, like, some of the women who she didn't even, like, that she didn't even have good relationships with see, like, what's going on. And see, like, the look of horror on her face, realizing that, like, She's in trouble, and when they try to get him, he's, like, pretty much fighting them, and pretty much, like, Zoe Kravitz's character pushes him down fucking stairs, and it's effing beautiful, and, like, oh, you know me as, a, me as a feminist, I saw, I, like, watched that scene, I cried, because I was like, it's, it's women coming together and supporting women, and making sure that this guy doesn't fucking hurt anyone ever again, so I know this is a very long-winded explanation, but I hated Perry. He was such a monster, and I'm so happy that he got killed. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, no, that's the thing. Is like, you know, there's some characters that you love to hate, right? Because you don't feel like uh, if they did something horrible, horrible, right, it, it's talked about. But you don't witness it, right? But All to right. witness that over and over again and for someone to feel so trapped and it's just this constant, like, sickness in your stomach that you're just like just get away i just want you to get away it's like very stress inducing 
Oh, it's so stressful because he was constantly beating her and raping her, you know, and you saw it. It's not like they, you know, just showed her with a black eye or some bruises or something, you know. I mean, they they showed in. You were, like, every time you were, like, terrified for, like, Celeste, you know. At least I was. I watched it and I was like, she's going to die. Uh, he's going I'm to kill her. i not to watch it. You know <laughs> I am. Well... I, you know what it is? It's one of those things that I feel like for a while, Nicole Kidman didn't act. Like, did you feel like that? I feel like there was a good five years. Yeah, I feel like I wasn't seen her in forever. Yeah, and then finally she got back into, like, the acting scene. And I was like, you know, she's a good actress. And I like Alexander Skarsgård, and they both won Emmys for their roles. And I was like, I need to see, like, what they did. And I was like, wow. <laughs> You're like, wow, they're awful. Well, he's awful. <laughs> he's awful. Oh, here's the kicker of how bad of a person um, Perry is. So not only does he do that to his wife, but there's another character that's introduced into the uh, story. This, like, younger girl. She's a single mom. And eventually she tells the story of how she went on a date with this really good-looking man about, like, four or five years back. Um, and, you know, she thought that it was going to be a wonderful night and he ended up raping her because she didn't want to have sex. You know, it was like just one date and he ended up like raping her and leaving. And so that, so she, that's the father of her kid. And at some point she sees a picture of Celeste's husband and she goes, that's the man who raped me. So oh. mind you, so, mind you, while he was with Celeste, being so insecure, uh, threatening her all the time, accusing her of wanting to go cheat on him, he went and raped another woman. Oh, great. That's not depressing and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I want to say that I hated him. So I definitely count him as one of the most hated characters. Oh, definitely. I mean, that makes my next pick feel, like, so much smaller. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, like, I had a serious one, but I almost, like, want to put this other one next after this just to, like, be a little more lighthearted. I'm sorry. I mean, you can put both or save it for the honorable mentions because I have some honorable mentions. Okay, okay. All right, so who is your number two, Brittany? I was just going to go with Regina George from Mean Girls. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, we certainly need that after all of that. I, uh, I, was like, I was like, yours is so intense, and I'm all here for it. But I was like, oh, my God, my heart. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, please. Explain to the audience why Regina is so hated. So we have Regina, who's the leader of, what what are they called, the Plastics? Oh, God, I don't even remember. It's been so long since I've watched Mean Girls. <laughs> I know, so long. They only wear pink on, what was it? I can't remember what day or something. <laughs> but basically, she's the head of this clique. She is the most popular girl of the school. Uh, Lindsay Lohan's character 
which I, I'm so bad with names, Tia. Like, I've seen this movie a million and ten times. And she's working on infiltrating this group so that, you know, they can bring them down because she's being, like, influenced by another girl and another guy, you know, that are wanting to see her taken down because she, they are the mean girls. They are, they are the top of the clique, but they are also horribly, horribly mean. But I, it's just with Regina. I guess she's, like, the manifestation of the meanest girl that you ever had in school. Like, you know, Tia, you, you've had to have had that mean girl in school, right? That you were just like, God, she's popular and pretty, but God, she's such a sadistic bitch. <laughs> and, you know, I do think back to, like, I think that's why people relate so much with hating that character. And, you know, the burn book where they write about each person in school and just say the most horrible shit about them. And like, you know, that where they just, it's their way of just being mean for the sake of being mean. And my thing is like, we've all vented, right? God knows that we've vented this entire podcast <laughs> about characters. <laughs> and sometimes you just got to vent in real life. Right. But Regina and them, they're just so despicable by what they're saying. It's just pretty horrific. And just that, like, Regina knows at some point, like, her ex-boyfriend, you know, the Lindsay Lohan character likes them. And even though they're broken up, she wants to get back with them. Just for the fact that she doesn't want somebody else to have him. And just, like, I don't know, she's so petty. And so, like, and later on when she says that, oh, they made the burn book, and look, why would I put my own name in there? It says the most hateful shit about herself in it. Yeah. I just go, like, she's so sneaky. I mean, she ends up getting hit by a bus afterwards. So, I mean, you oh, know. That's right. You get hit by a bus. I want to sit in front of it. I want to say that, uh, did you know that Rachel McAdams, the... The actress who played Regina, that was a wig the whole time. What? Yeah, that wasn't her real hair. That was a wig. It did not look like a wig <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, okay, so, like, I didn't have that high school experience, but I had that grammar school experience. That's the thing, like, all these movies that focus so much on high school being like that, me personally, didn't experience that. My high school was very chill. Like, everyone had groups, you know? There were groups. You had the goths, you had the prettier girls, you had the jocks, you know, blah, blah, blah. But no one, like, hated each other like that. Like, people intermingled, you know, even if, like, you know, obviously you had your seat that you sat at during lunch, but, like, no one was like that. But... The girls were like that in my grammar school, which, if you think about it, was a lot worse because high school is only four years. These bitches were like that from, like, third grade to eighth grade, you know? I went to Catholic school, so grammar school, there is no middle school, this school, that school. It's If you are... If you go to school from, like, kindergarten to eighth grade, you're literally with the same people for, like, eight years, you know? Um, so, freaking... We had those girls like that. And you're right. Regina King is like the manifestation of all of that. Like the type of mean girls who want to make you feel like shit because your hair is parted the wrong way or making up silly rumors, you know, to take someone down. And I realized like, and I know this isn't about Regina, right? But it's what Regina represents 
um, to me, because I was, and this is going to be personal, right? And I know it has nothing to do with Regina. I just want to say it really quick. Um, because I think they also touched upon that in Mean Girls, is that I came into the school in third grade because I had gone to a previous school from kindergarten to second grade. So being in third grade, even though I was there from third grade to eighth grade, I was never really not the new girl, right? You always felt like the new girl because a lot of these girls were there from kindergarten to eighth grade. And And there was a click of them. They were all so mean. They were so bad. They just got worse as the years went on. But I, tr- and for a while, I was like, why can't I be popular? Like, what, bleh, you know? Like, all that crying stuff. But I, re- but I realized how depressing their lives were. Because I remember I was in the bathroom one time. And um, I'll use fake names for this. But say Sally and Joan were in the bathroom and Sally and Joan were talking shit about Kim, right? And then Joan leaves and Sally's still in the bathroom and Kim comes in and next thing you know, they're talking shit about Joan. And I was like, none of these people are really friends with each other. They don't even like each other. They just want to be mean together. And that's kind of like really diffused them. I think like took away their power for me. So I feel like that's how it was with like Regina and them. Cause isn't there at some point in the movie where like her power is kind of taken away from her. From the main character or from Regina. From Regina. Like, isn't yeah, there something yeah. where she... Yeah. Mm-hmm. The main character ends up... but I can't remember her name right now. Lindsay Lohan's character ends up becoming the top bitch. And oh. shoving Regina out of power. <laughs> so, the, think of it as, like, the beta or the omega taking over the alpha spot. And so, the alpha... Like, like I don't remember if she just gets completely shoved out. Or... Oh... They tell her, you can't sit with us. That's the thing. <laughs> you can't sit with us anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because remember that one girl, the one, like, whose dad made, like, the toaster strudel or something? Or, like, like <laughs> there's, like, a whole thing to that. I can't remember what her dad invented, but they're, like, rich from it. The one that's, like, stop trying to make such happen. It's oh. never going to happen. That girl. Because that's why I said it like this. She's, like. And she said, you can't stand with us. Because she ends up, like, just, like, blurting. <laughs> oh, my God. Doesn't Regina's... Isn't Regina's mom the one played by Amy Poehler, who's, like, so involved with her daughter's life? <laughs> the one that, like, wants to dress up with them, like... Oh, I'm not having, like, flashbacks to, like, beauty pageants. Which, which... Oh, my gosh. Which reminds me, somebody uh, on stream one time was like, you have any interesting stories about beauty pageant? I'm like, I remember the time a mom pulled her kid's arm out of socket because <gasps> of, like, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> it makes me think back to that. To be fair, yes, the mom shouldn't have been holding the girl's, like, wrist so tight because the girl was, like, very upset, but the girl, like, threw her entire body weight down, like, because she was throwing a tantrum, and, like, pulled her arm out of socket when she threw her body down. I, it was a bad situation all around. <laughs> I mean, you know how I feel about beauty pageants in general, but I will reserve my opinion uh, and keep it to myself. But, um, yeah, Regina was terrible. Oh, God. 
I feel like not even the worst person that I ever dealt with was as bad as her. Like, she like, because didn't, like, Tina Fey, like, one of the teachers feel, like, victimized by her? She was that much of a little shit. (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, poor Tina Fey. (laughs) I hated Regina. Yeah, she was terrible. I remember watching Mean Girls, and I had seen it, like, way after the fad kind of like came and went because one of my friends was like oh my god you've never seen mean girl sit your ass down right now and i was like all right <laughs> well it's like what i do to you it's what i do to you and you're like i haven't seen this and i'm like oh my god <laughs> she like jokes on you you're watching it right now nah. <laughs> it's like um you watch parks and recs or at least like a little bit of it or something yeah, yeah. It's the one where um, Leslie Nope is talking to her friend, what is her name, Anne or something, or Karen, and Anne or, I think it's Karen, I forget now, or Anne, whatever her name is, it's like, I don't even like Harry Potter, and Leslie's like, you've never watched Harry, she's like, what do you mean you don't like Harry Potter, you've seen every movie, and she's like, because you made me watch every movie. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I very, I very much disliked Regina. Um, she's, you know, and listen, it's something that I've learned. If, if there's any youngins listening to this podcast, which I'm sorry if I cursed a thousand times, but if there's one thing that I learned as getting older, all those people who seemed like they were so popular in high school, they peaked in high school. They're now losers who are probably like, I won't say, but because I have opinions, but they're probably in a very bad place right now. Um, so don't even worry about them because their best years were high school being the absolute bitch to everyone. And I feel like that's how it was with Regina. That's like what gets me is like looking back, like, you know, even though with working at Walmart right now while going to college, right? What gets me sometimes is I'll take out groceries and it'll be to somebody that was, like, a mean, popular kid to school, and they almost give that look like they look down on me, and I'm like, dude, you look like you've been on drugs for, like, since before high school. Like, you look like you've had a very rough life. Please don't look down on me for still going to college. Like, at this point, you just look a little rough, buddy. I've seen since my years in grammar school, all the girls who are mean, um, either it's they're in a bad place right now, you know, like, again, look like they're on drugs or are, you know, didn't get an education or didn't, you know, whatever, like, didn't go anywhere in their life, right? Either that um, got, like, knocked up at the age of, like, freaking 18 or something, or they're, like, all, like, oh, look at my beautiful life, you know, blah, 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 like, all warm. I do charities and everything. And I'm, like, yeah, but you were such a bitch back in, like, grammar school. Yeah, like, and, like, you're trying to act yeah, as if you're a saint or something. I've seen, I've seen your true colors, bitch. I want to say really quick, I know this has nothing to do with the podcast. And it's, like, this is, again, real, real. Um, but I don't care. We talk. That's where you come to the top ten. Not to just get the top ten, but to also get life stories. Um, but a few years ago, one of the girls who used to bully me wanted me to go to our grammar school reunion. 
<laughs> and I was like ignoring her, right? And then all of a sudden she reached out to my mom on Facebook oh, and was like and was like, Hi, Mrs. you know, blah blah blah. Um, you know, I've been trying to get a hold of Tia. We're, you know, having a reunion. You know, we'd love for her to come. And mom was like, you made my daughter's life living hell there. Why the fuck would she want to come to your dumbass reunion? And I remember. Yes. Yes, she did. Yes. Yes. And you know what the thing is, is that they were, I knew where they were having the reunion. It was at this bar and I wasn't going to go, right? And I was hanging out with a friend of mine and I was like, technically my grammar school reunion's happening right now. I'm kind of interested in knowing what everyone looks like, even though we have Facebook, so you relatively know what everyone is doing in their life. And I tried to go, but there was literally no parking in front of the bar. And I was like, this is a sign from God to just go somewhere else and hang out with your friend and not even deal with these negative people who didn't do anything for your life. And I was like, thank you. When your mom was like, you made my daughter's life. I have no idea. I didn't care. That like that's not, being, that's not me being hateful. I don't carry that at all in my life. But it's one of those things where it's like I'm not going to sit here and try and pretend like everything's good now. We're all friendly and hunky dory. I don't care if you changed in your life. Like I have my new life. I don't need that. But I'm just that's what I'm saying. It's just like it's such a tone deafness that I think that people like that in school don't realize. You know and. Maybe it's this whole being in school perpetuates that type of behavior. I don't know what it is, but it's a thing where you have people like that. And you know what? If you're the person who's on the bullying end of it, like the receiving end, you just got to realize that, again, their best years are right now. (laughs) I was having that conversation with Aaron the other day. Why it seems like I think it's in high school. And they're like, yeah, I'm the best. But then guess what? You went to college where all the popular kids of those, like, colleges or schools all came together. And now you're not the special one anymore. You're just another cog in the machine. You're just another cog in the machine. It's like literally no one cares that you were the popular person in your high school. Now you're in college and no one gives a shit, you know. But that's the thing. is, It's funny because, I mean, some people still to this day act like they're in high school. And I'm just like, you're an adult. Please grow up and be past this right now. Um but, yeah, I mean, to me, it's like all those people who peaked in high school and, like, are all losers now. I hate to say that, you know. I hate to say that and make it seem like I'm looking down on anyone. But it's like you see, like, how they presented themselves. You know, they were always wearing the best fashion just because, you know, if your hair was frizzy and you had glasses and maybe you have acne and maybe you were a little on the heavier side, you know, you weren't worth shit. But it's like, hello, now you look like you're missing teeth and you had a fucking kid at the age of 17 and, you know, you didn't go anywhere in your life. Like, good for you. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that you made people feel like shit because they parted their hair the wrong way back in the day. Did they do that to you? No, I remember though there was this one. I'm using it as an example, but there was one time that a friend. So I had a friend of mine who, at some point during seventh and eighth grade, tried to be part of the popular girls, and I would say to her like, "Why? 
Like, why are you trying to be like one of them? You're never going to be like one of them. And why would you want to be like one of them? But she did. She tried for a hot second. And there was one day where all the girls decided that they were going to wear their hair in a side ponytail. And she didn't that day. And they fucking ridiculed her mercilessly that whole entire day. Because she decided not to come to school with her hair in a side ponytail. Oh, my God. I heard you mention it before, and I was like, did this happen to Tia? Do I need to, to, like, like, comfort you? No, if there's one thing that I will say is that I was one of those type of people that never liked to conform. I I turned into the goth and punk kid, like, literally in sixth grade, right? So if there – because I had a friend who she was – uh, punk and goth and I was like I'm going to be one of you because you literally don't care you know so I decided very early on that I wasn't going to try and conform to anyone or get part of a trend or a fad that's why I've never cared about what the trend is in fashion because I'm like I don't give a shit you know that's what all those girls tried to do you know um, so I decided very early on that I wasn't going to try to get them to like me I didn't care if they liked me or not Granted, did it hurt my feelings that I got bullied? Absolutely. But I was like, I don't care. You guys need to be nicer. Not, I'm not going to try to change myself because you end up looking stupid. No. So I know that was a very serious thing, but you brought it up with Regina, and it just makes me think of all these things. And you know what, Brittany? We have a responsibility to the listeners to talk them through tough times. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're going in and out of your your thing. You sound very far away. Well, that's weird. Now I can hear you. I can hear you now. But um, in and out. I'll I'll literally not be moving, and it's just like you know what? I don't want to hear you no more. I don't want to do it. I think that Regina King, uh, not Regina King, wow, Regina King's a fantastic actress. Regina George uh, is probably one of the worst because of what she represents. So great job with the number two. We are down to the number one of our top ten most hated characters in TV and movies. Let's go through the list before we get to number one. And I definitely want us to kind of name off our honorable mentions before we get to it. So... Um, number 10 is Bella, number 9 is Iron Fist, number 8 is Andrea Harris, number 7 is Pornstash, number 6 is Teabag, number uh, 5 is Pablo Escobar's mother, number 4 is Calvin Candy, number 3 is Perry Wright, number 2 is Regina George. Before I get to my number 1, I've seen those like list things where they actually do the honorable mentions beforehand. Um, would you like to name off quickly your honorable mentions before I get to the number one yeah yeah I had the mountain oh god yes because <laughs> he's pretty horrific uh, oh I'm afraid of saying like your number one can you give me a hint of what your number one is the first thing starts with a J is it from a show it's from a game of thrones Okay, okay, okay. Then I won't say it because I almost did. I almost did. Um, I'm trying to think of who else I hated in things. Oh, people hate uh, what's her face from um, oh, what's that show that you like that involves uh the guy Chase? Oh, Veronica Mars. 
Oh, yeah, she was awful. I hated her. Yeah, Blech. I was trying to, trying to think of anybody else. I think that's all I got for you. That's all you got for me? Um, okay, so, freaking, what am I doing? So, my honorable mentions really quick are Cersei from Game of Thrones. Oh, awful. She's fucking awful. Uh, Takeshi's sister from Alter Carbon. Um, Piper from Orange is New Black because I'm now re- I'm now rewatching Orange is New Black and I'm like I can't stand you already and there were seven seasons of you. Um, and uh, one last honorable mention: you've never seen the movie, which you should. It's actually very good. But the character BB from Ford versus Ferrari was an absolute prick. But let's get to the number one, and my number one is probably one of the most hated characters in any sort of fiction. Um, We couldn't wait till he died, even though I think we could all admit that he probably deserved a much harsher death than he actually got. But regardless of that, he was finally killed, which was a glorious moment, and it is Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Is that who you were going to say, Brittany? Yes, yes, I almost said it, I almost said it. Joffrey was the worst. Any Game of Thrones fan was like, I can't wait till this little shit gets killed. Oh, God, like, he, first of all, he, like, Cersei's terrible, right? But Cersei, I couldn't really put on this, because even though she was hated, she was one of those characters that you love to hate, because she was so good at being such a bitch right but it's like sometimes you had to like applaud like her her strategy because she was so smart right so it's like i couldn't like put her on the list but joffrey is cersei's child and he takes the throne after robert baratheon dies which you find out robert baratheon's not any of cersei's children it's jamie cersei's (laughs) twin brother but so joffrey's already like the product of incest he is a dick all right he's a dick from day one even though he's a pretty much a kid right but he's a dick to sansa who is supposed to be his bride and he literally like has her dire wolf killed he like you know tells her all these like terrible things like how he's gonna have his her sister killed you know he's just a prick and then when Robert Baratheon dies and he becomes king, uh, there's at some point where Ned Stark, who's Sansa's father, gets deemed a traitor because he was trying to, you know, reveal Cersei, you know, having incest, whatever. And even at some point, Cersei, bet, Cersei says to Joffrey that, um, you know, even though I hate Ned Stark, killing Ned Stark will not be well for the kingdoms you know i think you should let him go even though cersei you know has definitely killed her fair share of people throughout the series so she wasn't she wasn't doing it for any like sort of sympathy she was doing it because she was thinking about the repercussions and joffrey's like nope off with his head and again He's still set to marry Sansa, and he shows her her father's decapitated head, shows her her uh, maid's decapitated head, says that he's going to kill her brother Rob and show her his decapitated head. I mean, he is an awful human being. He makes He's the same thing like Candy, right? He pins people against each other so they, he can watch them kill each other for sport. He constantly is berating the Hound. He's all... 
he's always insulting Tyrion. He insults Jamie at some point. He insults everyone. He is such a dick. He is such a fucking prick. And he pretty much treats Sansa like shit. He says at some point, you know, oh, um, uh, my mother told me that, you know, a man should never hit his uh, hit his wife-to-be and literally has one of his armed guards slap the shit out of Sansa, you know? He almost has her, like, you know, naked in front of everyone at some point to berate and little her. Like, he literally says that, like, he's going to bring Sansa, you know, the decapitated head of her brother as, like, a wedding gift, you know? And then even forces her to stay after he decides to not marry Sansa and marry, um, I forgot the other woman's name. But anyway, he's a prick, right? That's all you need to know. Joffrey is like the worst little yeah, shit. See, like, didn't she even was like, okay, this is a little much. He, she tries to say that to Joffrey and he like belittles her as his mother. He's like, listen, woman, you know? Um, pull some shit like that. I have to say the two best scenes ever. Oh, and then he like makes he oh he's the one who forces Tyrion to marry Sansa, and he insists at first to watch them have sex so that he could revel in the embarrassment of it. You know, such a dick, right? Um, the only person. He's sick. The only person who, like, realistically puts Joffrey in his place is his grandfather, Tywin. But really quick before I pass it to you, the two best scenes, in my opinion, are during the Battle of Blackwater when the Hound tells Joffrey to go fuck himself. I love that so much. And then finally when Joffrey dies and it's at his wedding and the greatest thing is finding out who really killed him because it was, um, oh God, his new bride-to-be, forget her name now, but she was great, played by Natalie Domer, who's actually the lead in, or one of the leads in Penny Dreadful City of Angels. Anyway, her grandmother couldn't stand the fact that her granddaughter was going to be married to this absolute monster and poisoned his drink. So literally at Joffrey's own wedding, he goes to take a sip and literally chokes to death. The best. The best. Uh, so uh, anyway, so I'm, good. I'm sorry. I had to go off because he's just such a terrible fucking character. But Brittany, w- what are your thoughts on Joffrey since he was in your honorable mentions? I just think it's like, even as someone that didn't get into Game of Thrones until later, I had heard tales of Joffrey. I was like, geez, how bad could he be? And then I remember I was watching parts of season one, and before, you know, I, I, I like, couldn't handle the sadness of it. And I remember, like, you know, the part where uh, he tries to, like, you know, attack Arya, like, Nearly, like, almost, like, straight up tries to kill her, right? Because yeah. she would do something, and that's when the wolf attacked. And he all, you know, it's like this switch between being, oh, I'm going to be king, blah, blah, so I, and then being, like, like, crying to his mother, you know, running off so upset. You know, it's so, like, silly, you know, and ends up killing that one boy. What, what did they yes, kill the, the boy again? Because... Um, the butcher boy accidentally, um, 
Oh, God. No, he didn't even do anything. Uh, it was just Joffrey. So the Butcher's Boy and Arya were practicing sword fighting. And, you know, Joffrey's like, what kind of shit is this? You know, a girl, you know, doing this, you know, oh, come on, boy, you know, fight me then, you know. And I think, like, there was something there that was such an accident, you know. Like, they were playing with, like, what... They're, but they were playing with, like, wooden swords. You know, nothing was... So you had him kill... He was such a spoiled brat. The epitome of a spoiled brat. Oh, no. He was awful. And just thinking back, like, all the scenes to the point where even the Hound, who swore, like, a very, like, an oath, you know? Actually, I don't know if he ever did the oath, but, you know, it's very, like, loyal because he was the dog. Even he was done. Like, fuck the king, as he said. <laughs> I love that, because they were literally in the middle of battle, and Tyrion was like, what are you doing? Get back there. Fight for your king. And he was like, fuck the king. Fuck this. He was like, I'm out. (laughs) He was, fuck this shit, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Joffrey definitely lasted way too long. Um, I think he lasted up to season four uh, when he was killed, and I was like, Oh, God. I Like, it's so bad. Game of Thrones had Joffrey, right? Who was awful. And then they had Ramsay. And he was awful. But I liked Ramsay more, even though he was a despicable person. Just the way he played it was, like, more enjoyable to watch. I just thought he was such a good villain. Joffrey, I just couldn't wait for him to die. Like, he was... Obviously, he was, you know, he was such a despicable character... But I was like, I can't wait for this guy to be gone. <laughs> like, I was just done with them. I just, I don't, it's like he added only to the story to make you feel uncomfortable and hate him. Yeah, and it's like, you never thought to yourself, like, how much you wanted to hate a kid. <laughs> You're like, I want this kid to die. <laughs> and I feel like, um... Like, Cersei mourned his death, but I feel like Jamie literally didn't give a fuck, because he, he literally fucked Cersei, like, right near, like, Joffrey's dead body. He's just like, fuck this That kid. was pretty messed up. That was a little more than, uh, that was a little, that was a little extreme. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, definitely points can be made for that not being consensual that moment, but... Yeah, um, Joffrey was definitely the worst of the children, and he probably, um, I think his death was probably better than the other children's death, so I don't know what that says about it. (laughs) Right, right, they were just like, you know what, it's got to be pretty horrific. Yeah, but... Joffrey definitely, to me, is the most hated character. Anyone who is a fan of Game of Thrones will probably tell you, like, I don't think there's anyone out there who's a Game of Thrones fan who goes, you know what character I really like? Joffrey. And I think if they do say that, there's probably something a little wrong. Or they're trolling. Or they're trolling. Exactly, exactly. So, um, Brittany... I think we did an amazing job with this list. We got a lot of venting out. We uh, were bitchy in just the best of ways. So I think we did a pretty good job, wouldn't you say? 
I do too. I think that was really good. I feel like we got plenty of venting and salt out. I feel uh, I, I feel uh, hydrated from the lack of salt that is out of my blood right now. Yes, exactly. With so much salt, we can make margaritas. Oh God, I want a margarita now. Thanks to you. <laughs> um, but Brittany, before I let you go, why don't you take a moment to let everyone know where they can find you? What's going on? Gonna say you can find me on Twitch on Itty Bitty Brits channel, and that's where I've been playing. I've been playing The Last of Us right now, which is uh, basically like The Walking Dead, except these zombies are made from spores, kind of like a fungal. Uh, I want to say like a fungal infection, but basically that turning them into uh, zombies, and uh, about a man trying to take care of a little girl. And his sad passed along with it. And, yeah, it's been a great run. We hit a 1,000 followers. It's been a really fun ride. You know, it's just awesome the amount of traction it's had lately. And you can find me on Twitter at brit 0 And that way you can see if I'm doing any schedule changes. I ordered some elf ears because I wanted to do some fairy elf makeup looks and some photos with them. So... Yeah, there's going to be that, so I could possibly do a cosplay as uh, Zelda later on, and I'm excited. That does sound exciting. So everyone, please make sure that you check out Brittany's stuff. Um, She does update everyone on Twitter, what her schedule will be like, so make sure you check that out. And, of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Tia Faby. I tweet a lot. <laughs> I write a lot. So you can definitely check all that stuff out. And check us out at geekfivesnation.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Vero, Facebook, YouTube, anything and everything in between. So, everyone, please let us know what characters from TV and movies that you really hated. And, yes, we're using the word hate because that's how we feel about it. I saw this thing where it was like, let's not use hate, let's use dislike. And I'm like, no, 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 hate. I don't want to know. What characters do you hate? But, um, yeah, everyone, thank you. And, Brittany, thank you. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Have a great day, guys. Bye.